Hello and welcome, fellow Osmologists, to Osmology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're answering your questions. Maybe not literally your questions. Well, maybe, yeah. But we did ask our friends, our fans, and our teammates to get in on the fun and ask us anything. Are you ready to kick it off, Ben? I am so ready. Kick it off! So let's start with one of the questions that we got from Amber, our new CFO. Um, I mean, she's still pretty new to us, right? Uh, and her question was, why did you decide to start a career in marketing? That's such a good question. And I thought, I, I, I had the benefit of knowing what this question was like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I really thought in two weeks I would have a great, succinct answer. Yeah. But uh, I don't. So let me just fumble through it for you for, you, for a little while. And where my answer will start is that actually I first got a career in a career, quote, in quotes, in a credit union. And then it was through the credit union and credit union marketing that I became interested in that. I don't know. I think I thought I was going to be rich. Prior to that, I'm not sure what my career path was. (laughs) But I started as a part-time teller and just like... 87% 87% of people in credit unions today. <laughs> yep. And uh, tiny credit union. And we we didn't do very much in terms of marketing. And I got an opportunity to start to learn foundational marketing concepts and grow that in a very tiny, like 2,000-member credit union. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of, the rest of the say is history, <laughs> sort of took off from there, this idea that you could, because I've, I've always been sort of fascinated about, by psychology and why people think the way they do and sociology and how crowds act and, you know, those kinds of things. So to be able to take that and then marry it with some creativity and some, you know, the fun parts of it and uh, create something that persuades people to do something just really kind of hit all the sweet spots for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah your uh your ability to shine off or to uh, your ability to shine uh in anything where you get to persuade people i think is probably all that you needed to hear as far as the job <laughs> in marketing goes right i'm kidding i'm kidding it's good as my boss, you still think that, <laughs> yeah. that I can persuade people of things. <laughs> yes, I do. For the record, let it be known. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I first saw this question, um, my first like initial reaction to it was like, who starts a career in marketing? Like, what? You know, I mean, there's a bunch of um, degree programs like that where you would maybe say, oh, I'm going to school for fill in the blank. Communications is another one that comes to mind, right? Where... Like you don't have a career in commu- you don't like strive for a career in communications. You'd strive for a career like you know if it were me and I had to make the connection to communications, it would be like sports broadcasting or something like that, right? Um, but the degree that I have is communications. Um, so like you know, it's, I think it's interesting, and I would love to hear. I would love to ask the same question to somebody who like I don't know in high school or early in college or whatever they decided and knew like. I will be in marketing, you know, like what made that decision for you? Or what did you learn? What experience did you have? You know, that made you think like, yeah, I'm going into marketing. But um, so interesting question. Um, and for me, all that I can do is kind of similar to you, um, just kind of share how I got into marketing, which was kind of on the other side of what you mentioned, where I kind of came in on the creative side, you know, so I went to school for graphic design um and you know through uh, just my advancement uh in a career on the creative side um and similar to your experience of or you know the the experience of so many as a part-time teller um like i um just kind of stumbled into the credit union thing and at the credit union and you know now exclamation is where i do the marketing you know what i mean so like um, it's just, it's an interesting, um, it's interesting to try and put the words to like, you know, how you decided 
to mm-hmm. do marketing because you don't I, I feel like there's so few people that make that decision. They just find the, the path there through some other specialty, you know. The wand chooses the wizard hair. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah. It makes me wonder when you when you say it that way, of the people who sort of wandered into it, right? So excluding what we assume is this very tiny segment of the population who actually is, I don't know, a junior in high school and goes, I want to go, you know, into marketing. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the people that wandered into it, did you, do you think they know what marketing does before they end up in it, right? Yeah. Because you know, for me, as coming from where my career did, there, there is this constant discovery of like, oh, that's marketing too? Right. And that's a marketing thing? And I get to do that? And that, oh, but that seems like, that seems crazy. Can I do that? Oh, that's marketing? Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if we can be honest, there's also some things where it's like, oh, that's marketing. I have to do that? Like, oh. <laughs> so you unfair. Know? So, yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, like, it's an immediate, like, no, I don't think that anybody, like, truly understands like the depth and breadth of marketing right you know what i mean so um they there might be an aspect of it whether it's the creative side or the communication side or whatever that makes that connection to that thing in marketing where they're like oh yeah i want to do marketing but like yeah i mean they're they're um you know might be people that they know that their thing is analytics right or working with data statistics even um, and then through one of those paths, they wind up in marketing, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think even though there, I, I'm super confident that there are people probably more than I can even really wrap my head around that at that early age, they know they want to do marketing. But I think if you like drilled down with them a little bit and asked, um, you know, why marketing? What about it? They would start to talk about one of those specialty mm-hmm. areas, whether it's, you know, the, um, event side of it the pr side of it the design side of it the creative side of it you know one of those things are the thing that attracted them to this bigger thing of marketing you know right well i imagine that's really that's probably really common in the design side being a design guy as you are Mm -hmm. to to kind of go into it like well i i know i want to design so now somebody please tell me where i can make money yeah yeah (laughs) how can i pay my rent right (laughs) And somebody goes, how about, have you considered marketing? Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, design and I mean, so many other skills are like that and that, you know, that that's a thing that you're good at, you have an eye for, you know, the skills. Um, but then there is that challenge. And I suppose maybe that's what the later years of high school or college or, you know, like some people, 10 years of college takes for them to figure out like, okay, mm-hmm. I know that this is the thing that I've always wanted to do and I've learned what I need to learn to do it professionally, but where the heck do I do this, you know? Right. And, um, and I'm sure one thing that happens more than we know is the stumbling into a career. You know, I'm sure that credit unions aren't the only uh, line of work where, you know, we've heard all the stories of like, yeah, I never knew I was going to work at a credit union or never thought I would, but here we are. I'm sure there's a lot of other fields like that too, where it's like, I just have this skill and it just was right timing and right Mm -hmm. circumstances and all that. We've got another great question from Amber. We do. Uh, So you can kick us off on this, Ben. I'm going to learn how to talk and then you can kick us off. It'll be great. How do Simplicity Credit Union and let's also tuck exclamation in there too, because we, work with donations for both, mm-hmm. decide what charities to donate to or which events are right to sponsor? Yeah. Great question, Amber. Great questions, Amber, if you're listening. Um, and yeah, you know, I think um, one of the things that we definitely try to do is, uh, you know, and of course there's a ton of factors to consider, like budget and, um, you know, the different markets that we're in and things like that. We want to try and... Um, you know, be as equal as we can with those things, but also there's just a bunch of circumstances that drive maybe where we do our giving and stuff. But um, as far as like which events and which organizations and how much to those things or um, whether it's dollars or time or stuff, um, 
you know, some of those things are, you know, on a case by case basis or whatever. But um, overall, I do feel like we have, um, you know, some real intention behind giving to uh, organizations and events and causes that align with our organizational core values and, you know, the things that matter to us as an organization and even to our people, maybe even down to certain, um, you know, subgroups or employees individually. You know, if somebody can, um, you know, if somebody comes to us uh, with a request for something that they're super passionate about and we maybe hear the story and the why, I mean, I got to be honest, we're probably influenced uh, by that person or that group of people to say, geez, this is a pretty cool thing and maybe we should give to that. Um, but, you know, there does also have to be mm-hmm. the consideration for the bigger plan and the organization's um, strategy and stuff like that, too. Um, you know, because as marketers, a big reason why we do a lot of that stuff is to be, you know, out and about in the community and have people connect our name and our organization's name with some of these great causes, you know, and it's, you know, this whole thing is uh, kind of the why we get to do what we do as a business, you know, like, you know, of course, providing member service and financial service and all that stuff is the big, uh, you know, thing that we do. But um, as a result of all of that, um, we get to do some really cool things and support some really great organizations. And there just has to be a connection between the overall organizational picture and, uh, you know, what things we're actually giving to or participating in. So, um, now I, I will say, and I'll totally admit, um, that I think that that is a strategy that we could sharpen, you know, we could really, um, hone in on precisely what kind of causes we want to give to maybe even what organizations we want to give to. And I guess, let me just throw a side note out there. We want to give to all of them. <laughs> we want to do everything. But, you know, there's only so much money and there's only so much time because a lot of the stuff that we do also does require volunteer time and stuff like that, which is a really important um, part of our decision making, too, is, you know, is there a way that we can be there, be boots on the ground, getting our hands dirty, doing the thing that's making a difference in the world, you know? Um, and I really do think, uh, you know, and it's something that we've talked about, um, that there's a huge opportunity in um, the, uh, there's a huge opportunity in being more strategic with our donations, our philanthropy, our time, our treasure, all of that stuff. Um, and maybe giving in a way that um, is even more focused and um, engaged with our core values or maybe what just matters most to our people, you know, whether that's our team or our members or whatever it might be. So um, it's so tough when you're a part of a small community. I mean, and let's be real, it's probably tough no matter what community you're involved in. If you truly are Mm -hmm. like a community advocate and somebody that's uh, involved in the community, um, it's so tough to not give to the $100 little league team you know for their t-shirts and stuff because we've all you know we've been there or we've had kids that go through those programs and stuff and um you know you you can't help but feel like that's a part of um what we need to do to be a part of the community but um also every one of those every 10 of those that we do is a thousand dollars that could be making a like a game-changing donation Mm -hmm. to an organization that really ties in with what your people care about or the values of your organization. So it's, it's tough. Um, but, um, you know, what a great problem to have to decide, you know, where you're dedicating your resources to help, um, you know, improve your community, improve the world. So I I feel like I just said a whole bunch of stuff and I don't know if I answered Amber's question. Um, but I would say, um, in summary, the nutshell summary (laughs) of everything I just said is, it is a case-by-case basis, but we're always doing our best to try and uh, make donations and be involved in the things that um, as closely as possible align to our organizational values and who we are as, as a credit union and a cooperative, and that is also a reflection of the people that are on that team. So Right, right. So let me tag on there. We have a team of people uh, from across the organization mm-hmm. that help, making those, help make those decisions. And I've been involved with that team for a long time and probably the absolute best decision we ever made, and this predates you, is when we made the decision that we were going to stop tying 
sponsorships and donations strictly to exposure. And the, like the minute that we made that decision, I think we were we just became able to think about core values, think about what we personally feel, and really start to address gaps in mm-hmm. giving. And so that is another like another key thing. If people asked me what our philosophy was in in terms of making donations, you know, we know it stinks. But we have to say, we, we say no, and I, I just looked at the numbers <laughs> pretty recently in, in what we've done for donations so far for this year, and we are right straight down the middle. We have given as much money as we have declined to give, mm. Wow! and it is a lot of money. But somebody ha- we have to make decisions, right. and it is always with the intention that we want I, I don't think we've really ever seen something that we were like, yeah, no, nobody should give them money. <laughs> <laughs> so we want everyone to get the money that they need for whatever they're trying to do from that little league team all the way up to the big organizations like the United Way, like Children's Miracle Network. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that's all driven by being good stewards of the money that we have, taking care of the people that need to get taken care of in the community and being good partners. Right. Yeah. We're just doing our best. I think that was yeah. my nutshell. Like yeah. we, we do the best. Thanks for asking, Amber. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Amber. <laughs> All right, Sue. Now a question that we got from a listener to the show. What do you do when writer's block, or the marketing version of that, hits? Well, as you know, Ben... <laughs> I get both the marketer's version of that and the literal writer's block. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a quote I should actually have it printed out and put in my office that is from Douglas Adams, who's an author, who was an author. And it was something about like all you need for writer's block is a desk big enough to hit your head against. <laughs> Which is what that feels like. So that's like. what you do. Okay. I Got just it. really just blow to the head. It's all you need. <laughs> um so for me if I, with literal writer's block, uh, I will give it a certain amount of time. If I'm sitting and staring at the last sentence I wrote and I can't, you know, the first thing I try is, can I rewrite this thing in a way that makes it feel like a springboard so I can move on to the next thing? And I will give it a certain amount of time and then I will walk away. And uh, and not like in a petulant throwing a hissy fit kind of way, <laughs> but in a way that I think is an intelligent and measured response to feeling like I want to throw a hissy fit, because you can only you can't think yourself. There are certain things you can't think yourself around, and you're only like you're fighting a block, a literal block in your brain, and you can't think your way around it. You have to let it sort of dissolve you have to let whatever that next springboard or piece of inspiration crystallize before you can move forward so and there's always plenty of work to do so I can very easily usually set something aside walk away long enough to let it work through and then come back to it yeah have you ever had the experience where you you know, you're, you're at that point, you're stuck, you're blocked, whatever you try to move on to the next thing. But the thing that you moved on from is like holding you back on the next thing. And let's just call it a rut. Like you really find yourself like not blocked on a thing, but you're Mm -hmm. like, you're totally in a rut. You're stuck. Um, has that happened? What's it like? And how often does it happen? Wow. So I think what you're so I think you're describing like a bigger workflow stoppage, like a, a bigger block, yeah. right? So that and yes, and you know, if I without taking us too far like too far down the personal and maudlin. Please lay down on the couch Sue, yes, and we'll let get, me tell we'll get you. through this. Like the last you know, in all honesty, the last six months that that has happened to me more often than I, then I care to admit. Uh, it used to be something that didn't happen that often. Um, and then if it did, I always had, you know, it's, it was always a process of, like, I have to switch gears now. 
So I have to use a different part of my brain. And if I use a different part of my brain, then this other part of my brain will warm up or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, uh, since, since my mother passed away, uh, it's just much more often my brain is like, oh, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting in my chair going, no, I really still need you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, this, the whole reason I share that is because I know it had, when I get in that spot, it's not as much as my brain would like to say it's because I'm a failure, <laughs> and unable to do my job. <laughs> it's, there are, there are a lot of things that affect the parts of our brains that we need to be creative. And, uh, when you, when you have stress or you have grief or you have things that are blocking them, you there's a certain amount of peace you have to have with it. You have to be give yourself grace about it. And uh, probably once a week, that might be too much, yeah. three times a month. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself in that spot and it still is, the response to that still has to be, I have to change what I'm doing. So uh, when everything is blocked, that is a really much more intentional, like I need to walk away. I need to do something entirely different. You know, fortunately for us, we have some flexibility where um, I, could, I could say, okay, I'm taking a break. I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go stare at, at a tree in my backyard. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, or, you know, and actually what, what I have found I will do maybe is I'm going to meditate. I'm going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to let whatever is happening right now sort of work its way out. And if that doesn't work, then when I come back to it, I know I have to find something that is a task to mm. do. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, um, it's definitely, you know, just to try and keep it brief, um, because I think we could talk a bunch about like the different things we've tried, the different things we've done, what works, what doesn't. Um, it's just it has to be something different. Like um, to hear you say, and maybe this isn't exactly what you said, but this is what I picture you doing to like move on from one writing thing to the next writing thing feels like I would just be stuck in this perpetual loop of not getting anything done, you know? So like if I'm, uh, you know, and really, I guess doing anything, whether it's, you know, a creative project or, um, you know, something else that just requires a lot of focus and attention or creativity, like for me to get out of that block, like I got to do something different, um, like a completely different line of work, or like you said, just get the heck out, like get away, go stare at the tree. Um, I wish that I could say I've done meditation successfully. I think every time I've tried it, I'm always like, God, I need to do this more. It feels so good to just like, you know, like you say, let it all kind of work itself out or release, you know, but um, that takes discipline too, you know, but yeah. Uh, so whatever it is, getting up and walking away and like being really purposeful about like, I will not come back to my desk for this amount of time, you know, mm -hmm. just to like force yourself to do it. Um, that said, another thing that works that I think is different enough, and maybe it's for a more gentle block, like maybe when you're not totally stuck on uh, in a place, but um, like to go and search for inspiration is another mm -hmm. um, way to just like see what, somebody else just created or you know in your case read what somebody else just wrote and you know even if it's totally unrelated it might just be you know the thing that you needed to see or hear or do that um takes that next half step for you so you can keep going forward mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well unfortunately for us the the thing that we always know we'll have is if we're blocked on a project we always know we'll have email to respond that, to that's true <laughs> Never end. <laughs> and sometimes it's not as hard as we think it is. Sometimes we could just respond. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay, another listener question, which I love. Can you describe the highest high and the lowest low in your jobs? 
this is so tough because there are so many highs, right? Like there's just so many great things to enjoy as part of what we do. Um, and there are also a lot of things that just don't feel good, right? Or, right. you know, learning experiences, whatever you want to call them. Um, but I'll start with the high because I think that's the easier one. Um, and I think that one thing that is just top of the list for me, I don't know, feels a little um, shallow, narcissistic. I don't know what the word is. But um, when I see my own stuff out in the public, like um, I think it's um, really cool to design a thing or um, even be a part of a team that, you know, designed a thing. Maybe the thing that I provided was direction or strategy or whatever. Um, and then to like see that out in out in the world and know that there's a whole bunch of other eyeballs on that thing. It's like, oh, we did that or I did that, you know, and that's pretty cool. And I think any time that you can um, connect that to positive change in the community or in our world, um, it makes it all that much sweeter, you know, and I really do believe that what we do uh, for credit unions um, is a thing that's creating positive change for people's lives and um, communities and, and in the end of the world. Um, but then, you know, also seeing it um, for, you know, various like nonprofits or volunteer type things that you do too. I think anytime you get the chance to use your skills and your craft to um, create change in a way that's just so visible and stuff, it's, I mean, that's just fulfillment mm -hmm. defined right there, right? You know, to know that the thing that you're doing is um, changing the world for the better. Like that's, that's pretty darn cool. Definitely. And you know what I find as you're talking about seeing, and that's exactly my thing too, like seeing something our team created out in the world is, uh, <laughs> it's always, it always sort of throws me off too. I'm like, oh, that's great. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about narcissistic. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, as, as you're talking it through, I, I, I realized that the thing that I can most easily point to for whatever reason, is billboards. And I think I, I think about, you know, we we do so many more messages that are not billboards. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we put, and actually, if you ask me, like, what's your favorite stuff that the team makes, you prob I probably wouldn't identify a billboard. But I wonder if because, like, social media, digital, all of that stuff, we see on our own, like, we see it at work, hmm. yeah. right? And we're so sort of numb to seeing it. Then when it's out on social media, it can look great and we can get great responses. But, you know, we've seen it in the same format inside work and it just doesn't feel as special as seeing something big like a billboard out in the world, which is maybe yeah. silly. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think... Um, <laughs> There is there is something about billboards, outdoor, even print. You know that just mm -hmm. um, it feels I, I, all that I. What's coming to my mind and what I'm kind of stuck on right now is this relation of that and that feeling to like the thing on the fridge when you were a kid. You know, like there's just something about like my mom thought that was cool enough to put next to grandma Nancy's picture, you know, <laughs> and like, um, and when I got ready for school or as I was walking out for the day, like I saw that thing and I was like, Oh yeah, that, I did that. And it's cool enough to be there on the fridge. You know, it's kind of like some of the stuff that we do is cool enough to be on a billboard or, you know, in right. some massively visible place, you know, it's super cool. Yeah. Well, and I think, if we watched more regular TV, we might get to have this experience more often. Yeah, right. <laughs> because that is also a thing to see. I I don't know it, that I've ever seen one of our commercials live, mm. like in the real world. Yeah, me either. Definitely so, not. And and we know people see them. Yeah. We are not questioning our, <laughs> our advertising Maybe we need partners. to talk about placement. <laughs> uh, but when getting the comments about them, I always love anything. I think if I don't steal your thing, which is seeing it out in the world, it is the next highest high for me has to be getting people to comment on it. Uh, positive. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like, let's start with positive comments, and that is the highest high, especially uh, when we write when we do a blog for the QSO, uh, and you get comments like on LinkedIn that say, you know, this is really insightful. It's a really smart thing. Um, and probably particularly when I write things for the QSO blog, when I know that I'm able to represent that as something I'm writing, which is different than what we do with the credit union blog, which is, you know, those are all published as the credit union, right? So there's a certain level of, and that probably that's the one spot where I can really say like, that has my name on it. That's yeah. the thing that goes out in the world that has my name on it, mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. And when people, when you get comments about it being insightful or really well done, or what, and even if, even though they're people I know, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'll take all of that. Yeah. The flip side, lowest low would be negative comments. Mm. And it's probably somewhere between putting something out that we think might get negative comments. And so like the weight for who, mm. who's going to say something that I have this spectacular opportunity to interact with them with. Right. But also I'm dreading it and uh, nobody likes to deal with those things. And then up to actually getting that comment where uh, it just is, it's a responsibility to handle it well. Right. To handle it professionally and in a way that that person, or at least the people who are reading our response, feel good about it. But like that, we have had a, just a couple of things where like that took me to a pretty low place. Like, yeah. ugh, I can't believe human beings do that. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no denying it. Can't uh, take any of that away from you. I'm with you. That stuff stinks it is definitely on the lowest side but let's spin it positive because that's what we do right um sometimes um and i gosh maybe i can even say a lot of the time when we do have those experiences and maybe even sometimes it's um negative feedback or criticism of something creative that we do or whatever that really is an opportunity to at the very least acknowledge the fact that somebody saw a thing Mm -hmm. that you did. And I've had an experience where somebody commented about on one of our commercials and said, ah, that, that part of it just annoys me. And you and I can talk off, off uh, (laughs) microphone about specifically what that was. Um, but, and immediately I was like, oh, bummer, you know, that's too bad. Cause I actually thought like that was perfect. Um, but the, silver lining and it was like well at least i know the dude saw the thing you know right. and, and remembered so, it and remembered it right so i don't mean to go all like uh you know crappy car commercial or anything like that <laughs> to not throw any names out there but um you know i don't think we ever want to intentionally create something annoying or whatever but you know if that's the feedback that you're getting like you do have to remember like oh, at least i remembered the thing you know because mm-hmm. that is part of our job right um my low for sure uh and something i don't think i'll ever be able to crack is that feeling of like a day that's whatever a long day a busy day maybe it's back-to-back meetings maybe not maybe it's just a wide open day and you had hopes that you were going to crank a bunch of stuff out or whatever um that feeling at the end of whatever version of that day is where you can where you look back and you have this feeling of like what did i do today (laughs) you know but you know that you worked all Mm -hmm. day you know that you got stuff done you know even if um you had four things on the to-do list and all that you realize by the end of the day is that all four of them are stuck because of this, that, or the other thing. Well, I mean, you had to do something to learn that they're stuck in the place that they are. So like those unproductive, I'm doing air quotes, unproductive days where you look back and wonder what the heck happened and did you even do anything today? Well, the answer is of course you did, but also like there's no, I, I don't, I just don't know if there's any shaking that feeling of like, uh, that day was a bummer, you know? Right. So that's a tough one. Like I say, gosh, I, I hope I can find a way to get over that or get beyond that. But I don't know. Sounds tough. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, too, if it's if it's different. I hate to pull the whole, like, let's put on our berets and talk about being creative people thing. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's different because 
you like what we want to be doing what we're driven to do are creative pursuits right and if you are spending all day being like could you answer my question so that i can go on and actually do this work you want me to do and could you answer this completely other question so i can do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's all we're doing and then mix in two hours of email with that right right then i think you you come out of it being like the thing the one thing i want to do in the world my one calling today i didn't even touch it right yeah. And the, and maybe so maybe other people are like my calling in life is to answer emails in a <laughs> in an incre- incredibly expedient manner and I did that all day long and they feel great yeah <laughs> good for them yeah manage your expectations I think is what right. I'm trying to tell you yeah get really good at email and we we need to acknowledge I at least I feel I do and I don't think that this is just settling right but like every job every career everything that you do i mean even like volunteer stuff or things that um, really are like really fulfilling like all of it has that feeling from time to time Mm -hmm. where you're stuck doing maybe like not the exact ideal work that you feel you were meant to do or um whatever just thing the cards don't fall the right way for you that day and all of a sudden it feels like you know it was unproductive or unfulfilling or whatever like that happens from time to time everywhere um but uh managing your expectations i think is Mm -hmm. like reality like that's you know part of the thing that you have to do to like not be stuck in that low place all the time um and definitely like celebrating and recognizing like you did do some stuff you did get some stuff and when you have those days that are like crushed it today we got so much done it all looked great you know blah blah blah, all that like got to celebrate those times mm-hmm. too otherwise um it, it can be easy to get stuck in the day-to-day rut you know right okay well we're running out of time so let we have some more questions so let's go lightning round style on this you cool with that uh, let's do it okay so i'll i'll guide us along and let's just do our best to answer in a word or a sentence whatever you got to do and we'll <laughs> we'll do we'll go as fast as we can here ready got it dc or marvel Easy Marvel. Marvel, same here for sure. We can move really, along. but you love Batman. I do. I do love Batman. I've always had this feeling of, uh, and even in this moment, I can't decide whether or not I like Batman or Iron Man more. I just can't. But the thing that they have in common is they're just regular dudes, right? But right. Maybe have an unlimited budget and super high tech and stuff. But I do love Batman for sure. Um, but the whole package, Marvel, all the way. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. I am Star Wars. This is why we can never be friends. I know. I'm sorry. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> Show's canceled. Just you kidding. should go. Um, well, in my defense, the only reason it's Star Wars for me is because like I've I've seen a couple of the Star Trek movies, like the Chris Pine ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. Like I've never watched the show. I've I don't think I've seen any of the old Star Trek movies and stuff, so I'm probably not the best person to ask on that one. Okay. Fair enough. So you, because you didn't have the experience, like I did, Who I had my brother and my two, two of my closest friends were big Star Trek people when I was, when I was younger. So I got dragged to Star Trek movies mm. and then I married a Trekkie. Oh, yeah. So, so like, yeah, I just don't done. really, I don't have much choice. Right. So I might as well get on board. Well, at least there's sound reason behind it, Sue. Right, right. Follow the crowd. <laughs> right. Such sound reasoning. All right, Spotify or Apple Music? So I'm, I'm an Android user, mm. and I'm using Spotify. I, I don't know. I, I probably would like Apple Music better because I get really frustrated with mm. mobile Spotify. Like, I want, you know how much control I like to have. I like to have all of it. Right. Spotify does not give me that. I want more control. Got it. I don't know if you'll get it from (laughs) Apple Music, just saying. But uh, I am Apple Music, but I think it's probably because of our device. Uh, I'm an iPhone Apple guy, so Apple Music for me all the way. Although there are some things about Spotify that I like better. Like, if I just uh, tell Siri to play me some music, um, Apple Music will play the stuff I like but it'll also play a lot of the stuff that I listen to all the time and I think sometimes mm. when I'm in a spot like just play me some music I don't know what I want to hear like I kind of want to hear new or random stuff maybe stuff that I haven't heard in a while um, and Spotify does a better job at that like the um, 
playing my station or whatever on Spotify. It always plays, I mean, stuff I know, stuff I recognize by artists that I like, but it's just different than my usual flow. Maybe it's just because of the different platform or whatever. So occasionally I will use Spotify just when I'm like in that musical rut and I need to hear something different. Okay. We are just killing it with the one word answers It's true. We're so good at this. Well, this one's going to be tough. Tell me why someone would want to work at a credit union or in the credit union movement. Do that in a word or a sentence, Sue. (laughs) I think the sense of purpose behind people helping people. Love it. And that you can connect that to anything you do in the movement is a good reason to explore the credit union, the credit union movement. Since we're just throwing out the feel-good credit union uh, lingo here, yeah, I, I'm with you. People helping people, keeping purpose con- uh, keeping purpose constant, <laughs> constant, keep purpose constant. All of those <laughs> things, um, I think that you really can get um, in working at or with or for a credit union, um, or in the movement. Yeah, I think uh, no matter what you're doing. Kind of like what we were saying before when we were having the donations conversation. Like, there's just there's so many ways to know that you're really positively impacting people's lives, for sure. Okay, weirdest job you ever had? Easy. One summer when I was in college, I delivered singing telegrams. Stop it. No, it's true. Really? I did, yeah. How have we not talked about this yet? It just hasn't come up. I worked for a party store. And they did balloon decorating. They had a, like a retail presence where people could come in and buy balloons. Yeah. And they did singing telegrams. So So did you sing? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah. But only – so there were only certain costumes that required singing. Got it. So there was a Minnie Mouse costume that was, that was a singing. But otherwise there was like – I did – I've done Minnie – I did Minnie Mouse – I did a chicken, which does not require singing. Of course not. Just chicken noises. I did. <laughs> and I did gorilla, like the gorilla grams, which might come with a song. It might not. It depended if that's what they wanted. Wow. Yeah. Well, we have a topic for our next show. So tune back <laughs> in for that. We're going to talk about Sue's prior job. Um, for me, um, I don't know if it's necessarily weird, but it's like the most unique, especially compared to what I'm doing now. Um, A summer uh, between high school and college, I worked for my uncle in a cellulose insulation plant, which is the insulation that you blow like it's recycled newspaper mixed in with a bunch of stuff. And then it's like blown up in attics and everything. But uh, yeah, so I spent a summer stacking 40 pound bags of that stuff in semi trailers uh, not the most comfortable temperature I've ever been in in my life. And, uh, but I was probably in really good shape cause it was like eight hours of just throwing around bags and ugh. <laughs> tough work for sure. But I'm grateful. All right. Uh, your biggest motivation at work. I don't know how to answer this one. I, my, my biggest motivation is always, I think, like, I want to do well. I want, whatever I finish, I want to be able to look, and look at the thing and go, that, that is the absolute best I can do. And I don't know if that's exactly the kind of motivation we're talking about here, mm. but that is, like, my, I am constantly trying to satisfy my inner critic, mm. right? Yeah. And that, that keeps me, like, and also, unfortunately for you, as the person who, Make sure I get paid. Uh, <laughs> that means that I also don't get to be like, well, I did that thing just like that last time, and so I did the same thing this time, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. My inner critic is like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that totally qualifies as motivation. Bless your heart. <laughs> um, get some help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, um, I can't help but feel like this is cheesy, but I think it's so real. And the proof is when somebody does like um, take the next step in their career or succeed in a thing or get 
positive feedback from somebody like outside of our team or really from somebody other than me. Um, I think just like seeing somebody grow, like, um, seeing, a, and, and I guess I am mostly talking about people on our team, right? Like I always love to see people like have the thing click or, um, do well so that they can advance or, you know, um, even just like, maybe not even the advancing, but like, um, knowing this is the thing that I want to be better at. This is the thing that I am better at now. This is the thing I want to do next. Like, I think when you can, I mean, having been in that spot where like, it seems like things like finally connect and stuff like that and you grow and like knowing what that feels like for me, when I see it happen in others, I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like, and that's just, that's the best. And to know that I played any tiny role in that, because a lot of the time, my role in it is pretty small. Like I'm just guiding or coaching or leading or whatever, but it's up to that person Mm -hmm. or those people to like take the next step or learn the next thing or, you know, make a decision on where they want to go or what they want to do next. And I think when you see it happen, it uh, fills the heart, fills the bucket for sure. That was a much better and much less problematic (laughs) answer than I had. So lovely. Well, thanks. I like it. All right. It is time to wrap with our Something Awesome segment where we share recommendation for things or things that happen, things that are great, books, podcasts, content, all that good stuff, right? And I am going to kick it off with some content. It happened freshly this weekend, so it was top of mind for me as I was thinking about the show today. Um, We had a busy weekend. We were just kind of like busy getting stuff done around the house, flying around, and we just needed like that break right where you just kind of veg for a little bit and charlie my almost six-year-old son suggested watching this show that we just saw like the trailer of uh, on disney plus called secrets of the whales so one i'm celebrating this because it was his suggestion he wanted to watch this nature show about whales it's in like the national geographic section of disney plus so i was like heck yeah let's do that (laughs) and also i'll admit i was also thinking that maybe it would be slow paced enough that i could just like fall asleep and take a nap but it was so good uh the first episode was all about orcas and uh, talked about like um, orcas in different parts of the world from new zealand to antarctica and all over and how each pod or group of orcas which is mostly a family um uh you know like a biological family but sometimes as i learned from watching the show um random or like straggler whales will be pretty much like adopted into the family um and they're just they're super intelligent and they have like each family each pod uh, especially in uh, each part of the world have like their own culture they actually have their own language like their whale sounds are different from like new zealand to antarctica and stuff even though they're all orcas Um, so just like super cool um and i can't help but geek out about that kind of stuff (laughs) and um so the episode was super interesting it was so uh, james cameron was the producer executive director um and uh so it was beautiful. You know, the visuals are just amazing and the animals are incredible. And then to learn about like who they are, you know, was just so cool. And like I say, all that it was, uh, the fact that it was all Charlie's suggestion just made it that much sweeter. So the next episode's on Humpback Whales. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> so check it out. Secrets of the Whales on Disney+. And did Charlie like it? He loved it. Yes. And that's the other thing. It's like a 45-minute-ish episode, and we watch the whole thing front to back. Normally, he's got about a 20-minute span on stuff like that, maybe, and he wants to go on to the next thing, Legos or whatever it is, right? But we were all into it, and it was just it was really, really good. The fact that it kept his attention hopefully shows that, yeah, it's really good. Awesome. So my thing is also something to watch, and... Uh, I'm I'm a little late, like I'm a late, little late to the party on this one, a little bit, but also we were able to binge every all of the available episodes this weekend <laughs> of Only Murders in the Building on Netflix, and they there has been so much press for this show, and if you turn on Netflix, if you load Netflix, you're going to see mm-hmm. the preview for it. But this is Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez living in a uh, big apartment building in New York City 
and there's a murder and they start a pod they start a podcast <laughs> and it's a true crime podcast because they're going to solve the murder and every single episode ends in just exactly the way you want this kind of show to end which is like oh my gosh yeah. i have to see what happens next <laughs> so so good funny and heartfelt and like beautifully done um a lot to love about it. Yeah. So, but now we we exhausted all of the available episodes, and yeah. now we have to start waiting for them. You know, that's bittersweet because there's been shows, um, you know, that are like releasing weekly now and stuff, as opposed to releasing the whole season. And it's a, I think it's a good thing because it really creates that anticipation for the next episode and stuff. So, as tough as it is, because we've kind of been. Um, retaught to just like binge everything that we love right. right so cool well um you're late to the party i am not even on the list because <laughs> you're I, not I've, even invited yet yeah i've heard of it or seen the trailer but um i hadn't even considered watching it but oh man now i have another one darn it yeah it's really well done cool you'll like it and that brings us to some links so uh the links to these two things we're suggesting we will share below I don't think there's anything else that we have to share if we come up with anything. I mean, unless you want to share that blog that you wrote about why people that like Star Wars over Star Trek are losers and stuff, just to make <laughs> me feel bad. That is my, per my personal blog. I wrote that out. Yeah. Okay. Be like, <laughs> or you, you mean the one I'm going to write as soon as I yeah, walk away right. from this? Yeah. You're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I should share that, but... Um, but also, I think Star Wars people know that they're losers, oh, so I don't really need to <laughs> rub that in. But any links we will share below uh, on our blog page, exclamationcuso.com slash blog, as well as along with the show anywhere you can find us um, on your favorite podcast app. And if you would like to check out all of our episodes... You can either get it, get them all on your favorite podcast app, or you can jump over to Speaking of Blogs, our blog, and you can find all of our episodes as well as other interesting and smart content. I'll be getting mine on Apple Music, and Sue will be getting hers on Spotify. I will Spotify. be listening on Spotify. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, friends, for tuning in. This is Sue and Ben, your certified professors of awesomeology, reminding you that life's awesome. If you make it awesome, we will see you next time.